You're listening to the Yoga Magic Podcast with host Ashley Sondergaard. Do you remember that first time you took a yoga class? Lying in Shavasana thinking, what is this magic? For me, yoga opened the door to a life full of self-discovery and self-care. This show shines a light on what is possible when you invest in your well-being. And not only for you, but for everyone around you. I interview women in the space of healing, spirituality, beauty, wellness, and of course, yoga. This community of listeners is excited to expand their minds, open new doors, be honest, and sometimes take a big old handstand fall on the way. My hope is that this show gives you a library of accessible new practices that fill up your soul and open your mind. Not all will be perfect for you, but that's the best part. Trying it on and finding your personal favorites. This is Yoga Magic. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to Yoga Magic, everyone. I'm so glad you're tuning in today. We are in the midst of December, ready for the holidays. Hopefully you're not feeling overwhelmed at this time of the year. Definitely trying to stay grounded myself, um, doing a little extra self-care. We've got the self-care challenge going on, just little moments of prioritizing ourselves. So it's still kind of fun. Like the chaos can be really fun and... I am really looking forward to spending some time with family. I love a gift. Give me a gift, man. I love a gift. I love giving gifts. I've got some really special surprises for my kids and just, yeah, it feels like a good time of the year. Today, I am sitting down with a friend, someone I really admire, an expander of mine who has created an amazing business um, and has really invested and taken time to support other women in business. And that's Jordan Diorio of Men Jewelry. And her jewelry is, it's so unique. It's so beautiful. You can get it like at Nordstrom. I mean, girl is making it. She's doing so well. And she uses gemstones, crystals, talks about the healing benefits. That's where the name comes from, Mend, to to really bring us joy and bring us some happiness when we're wearing these particular pieces. Jordan shares her entrepreneurial journey. She's a man, like a major manifester, and she talks about how she did that. She wrote herself a check. It's such a good story. And, you know, I hope that she brings some inspiration to you if you are someone who's creating their life path, really building something, whatever that is. So yeah, this is coming at the perfect timing. I'm excited to have Jordan here. I wanted to highlight um, a few local Twin Cities brands, things that I love, businesses that I support to bring those to you, to you all over the world. If you are interested in you know shopping small, supporting a women-owned business, this is a great one to check out. All the information on Jordan on Men Jewelry is in the show notes. If you want to go and check out some of these pieces, they're really amazing. If you are part of the self-care challenge happening this month, there will be a giveaway in here with some men jewelry so that you can, you know, treat yourself. If you want to join that self-care challenge, it is underway. It's going on through the entire month of December. You just sign up in the show notes and head on in, do some self-care. 
If you are new to this show, I'm just so glad that you're here, everyone. I like to bring self-care practices, self-care tools, self-discovery to you, to your little AirPods so that you can enjoy your life more. And I do that in a number of different ways. Sometimes it's things, sometimes it's classes, sometimes it's healing experiences, sometimes it's meditation. So this is just a place, a hub for you to learn all things self-care and self-discovery. And if you want to follow along on Instagram, you can find me at ashleysondergaard.yoga and the podcast at Yoga Magic Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, consider leaving a rating and a review. We're getting there. I see like one or two every couple of weeks and I'm just so thankful. So if you have a moment on your phone, just hit that five stars. That's all you got to do. It makes a big difference. I appreciate it so much. All right, let's get to our conversation with Jordan. We're talking to my friend Jordan today, the founder, the CEO of Men Jewelry. We've known each other for a few years. I've just, I've watched you. I'm kind of a creeper. I'm like a fangirl of a, a good number of people. And I just really love the stuff that you do. I have like a number of your pieces actually like over here. <laughs> um, Yay. Yeah. I'm just glad that you exist. Can you tell listeners about you first and then a little bit about your business? Yes. Hi. It's so <laughs> nice to see you. I don't know how long we've known each other. Time is relative, right? I feel like the pandemic has like changed our sense of time. But yeah, I'm Jordan. I am based currently out of Minneapolis. I come from a very large Italian Sicilian family. I'm actually one of seven. And we were actually talking about the dynamics of like uh, sisters and brothers. So mostly sisters and brothers just growing up in like a really big, loving, fighting, funny, very funny family. (laughs) I've been teased my whole life. (laughs) So um, no one can really hurt my feelings as uh, my siblings have. But come from a big family. They're all in Chicago. And I moved up to Minneapolis to finished my undergrad at the U, uh, loved the U of M, Big Ten school, so much fun. I wanted to be a journalist, but I didn't like the lifestyle. So then I opted for marketing. You still tell stories just in a different way and make more money and have like, you know, normal uh, working hours. So yeah, I've, I've been in Minneapolis now for six years and I started my career out in the marketing and advertising world, just tried to use my degree, learned a ton, um, work with startups, work with really big companies, but I've always kind of had this itch as an entrepreneur. I, uh, I like to say I've been, I like to say I've either been like a project manager or an entrepreneur since I was seven. Like I've always kind of been like the liaison between my parents and my siblings. And I was always like negotiating, <laughs> like, well, can I have that last pop tart? You don't need to have two or just negotiating with my parents. Like, well, if they get to go out, I want to get to go out. Or I just always felt like I was constantly communicating with my older siblings, my parents, babysitting my little siblings. So I feel like that my upbringing has definitely uh, supported me as an entrepreneur. And I've, I've grown up in a family of business owners. My dad's, my dad's worked in real estate. My Nana was never, she wasn't a traditional entrepreneur, but she was, I think like one of the first women in Illinois to be like a commissioner for some person in politics. I'm totally slaughtering it. (laughs) She actually has a, she has a park named after her. And so I just, I've grown up around this, just like really organized, smart woman. My older sister is very entrepreneurial and has her own events business. So Um, I've kind of been surrounded by entrepreneurs and my first business was called, I started when I was 16. It was called April Fool's Bags. You can also guess where I got the branding from. (laughs) 
uh, I didn't really understand branding then, but I was taking old canvas bags from Michael's and I was printing like famous art prints on it and I was ironing them on. So I take like a like tote bag, layer on a piece of canvas, and then I would like iron on these. And it was actually like Peter Max art prints because my parents had a lot of Peter Max art. And I mean, copyright wise, like I was like, I don't know, is this legal? Probably not, but like I was kind of doing Etsy before like Etsy was a thing. And I, I did it just because I was like, oh, this is really fun. I like to make stuff. And I was like giving it as gifts. Like I wasn't selling them, but um, my English uh, speech teacher still has the bag I made her and I'm still friends Aww. with her on Facebook. Um, so like that was my first business. I just liked making stuff. I've started to go into the business part of me. I feel like my business and my life are so fluid that like it's just kind of who I am as a person. Um, but that's kind of like the beginning of like, not even realizing it, that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. It started when I was 16, just like making hodgepodge bags from Michael's materials. I love that. (laughs) So how I started mend. So I started mend in 2017. So it's actually going to be five in February of this coming year, which is a milestone. A lot of businesses don't make it past the five-year mark. So I'm very excited. Yeah. And there's probably some crazy statistic on how many women owned businesses make it past that point. So I'm just excited that I, I've made that milestone. So I started in 2017 at the time I was working in the marketing agency world. I originally wanted to get my MBA because I thought that's what you do to be a successful person in business. Right. And I remember I pitched, uh, the president of the agency. I remember I met him super early for coffee and I was like, Hey, this is why I want my MBA. And this is why I think your company should pay for it, <laughs> which is like, I mean, ballsy. I mean, the most Aries thing I've ever yeah. heard. I was like, give me money. Cause I promised it'll benefit. And I remember it stuck with me because he, he asked me, he was like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, you know, I want to be an entrepreneur. I eventually want to have my own business. And he was like, you don't need an MBA for that. And I was like, <laughs> like my mind was blown. Yeah. That's what that sound effect is for people <laughs> that can't see on, on zoom. Like my mind was blown. And I was like, oh, I guess it's that easy, right? Like as I shrug my shoulders. So then I just decided to start a jewelry business. I'm a self-taught designer, um, always loved jewelry. All the women in my life, my grandma, my Nana, they've always passed down heirlooms to me. Um, So I wanted to create something that felt like timeless, but also bold in its color scheme and simple in its design. So my older sister and I came up with mend because mend means to heal. And then we talked about bringing in gemstones. Um, and then if you actually look at my logo on my site, you'll see mend and there's a little diamond and part of the M is missing because part of the M is in the gemstone. So part of the meaning and healing is in the stones that you wear. And um, so I like honestly traded jewelry for services. So I had someone make my logo that was a friend. I donated jewelry for my first round of photography. I built my own site. Like it was all just like scrappy business owner where it's like you kind of fake it until you become it. And um, I launched it in February of 2017. I I remember because it was around Valentine's Day. And like all my friends and family bought for me. Like that's the fun part. It's like first it's like all your friends and family. And then once you get to a point where it's not, like that's when you kind of feel like, oh, like there's a value to my product. So Started my business, um, was doing it on the side while working full time, starting to do shows. I was just walking into stores and I was like, hey, you should carry my stuff. Like just sales <laughs> 101. Like, 
it, sales is not a gross word. I actually think like say if you're you're good at sales if you believe in the product. So totally. like I have a problem going in and being like, hey, like you should carry my product. And that's how I got into my first store, which was really fun. Um and then I was selling my stuff. I was starting to see stuff move. And then just through my network that I've built from the marketing and agency world, I um I met this amazing woman. She wanted to mentor women in business. Um, she has to get coffee. I got coffee with her and we sat down and uh, we were like fast friends, like fast sisters. You know, when you just like connect with somebody and you're like, oh, like you see me, I see you. We have like similar themes in our life. We've both been through kind of very similar hardships. And she was just like, you know, I, I want to invest in your business. And if you're interested, like, I'd like to meet, I want you to meet my husband and, you know, pitch us for funding. Oh yeah. Yeah. So like, I, I'm going to stop there. Cause that's like, that's like a whole, like, that's only my first year, like not <laughs> even my first year of being in business. I like started it scrappy, scrappy, you know, sell my, to my friends, sell to stores. And then also, wait, let me take a step back important, very important part of the story, which I know you love is that summer of my first year, I was just not that I was done with my job, but I was like, this is not what I meant to be doing. Like, I I feel really stuck and I want to really run my business full time. So I wrote myself a check for my business bank account, which had $40 in it at Wells Fargo. I'm no longer (laughs) not a fan. Sorry, Wells Fargo. You don't (laughs) give good lines of credit to women. Um, I hope they hear that. And, uh, I wrote myself a check for $100,000 and I signed it. And I was like, I'm going to deposit this one day or this money is going to come to me somehow. And then every Monday we would have an all company meeting and I would be sitting in the back while they were doing updates at this agency. And I would see myself announcing that I was leaving to run my company full time. And then, so I was in the summer and then in the fall, that is when I met my business partner. And then she yeah, they made me a six figure offer and I showed them the check and I was like, what? Holy <laughs> it's the Jim Carrey effect. Have you seen that Oprah interview where he no. talks about that? You should watch that. That's a good, like for people that don't know, type in Jim Carrey Oprah interview. He talks about how, um, he did something similar and it's not like you write a check and you go make a sandwich. That's what he says. It's like, it's the manifestation. It's manifestation. I have like full body goosebumps seeing you do this. And what I love about this and like, Oh my God, I just knew this was going to be the right conversation. Is that like, these are such different approaches. Like everyone does their business. Everyone does manifestation differently. Right. And like, you just intuitively knew to write that check next up in your investor. I mean, you were visualizing this, this departure, like, that's amazing. That's so cool. I'm pretty sure there's different. um, Oh, I'm, it's like human center design. I'm totally butchering what it's called, but everybody based on their like birth charts, like has a different, like human design profile. Um, Mm -hmm. And you have a primary characteristic and I did it recently and mine was manifestation. Oh yeah. Like I can manifest and harness things that I want, but I'm very visual. Cause like some people's manifestation is in their meditation every morning. Mm -hmm. It's they journal. And for me, it's like, I need to physically have something 
that like I can look at or see. So every year I make like a manifestation manual and it's like a booklet that like outlines essentially the goals and the things that I want. Um, and I see some of them come to fruition, but it, it's a balance between like being clear on what you want, but then also making, it's helping you make decisions so that you can get closer to it. So it, it's a, it's a fine balance of like woo woo, but also work. Yeah. So it's both work. inspired action. <laughs> yeah. Which is the woo work. I'm, I'm like, you should do a workshop. Like let's do a workshop together. You showing us how to build sure. one of these, these manuals, because I'm obsessed so, with this idea. that will be so wait, fun. Show you. I mean, <laughs> we can see it. It's like the five-year reunion. So I did this and and I actually threw a business group that I, it's, it's blurry. I'll have to send you a picture of it, but I'm in a business circle. It's called the business women circle, the BWC. We meet monthly. um, And we had a meeting where you show up as yourself five years from now. So you dress up a certain Mm -hmm. way, you bring your goals, you bring props. So I showed up in a designer suit that I rented, brought my book or designer shoes. And I was like, this is me in five years. So like, it's, it's totally a practice and you can decide how like fun you get to make it. But I think writing things down, you're like statistically more likely to achieve them. That's a good day for my hair. We get stuck in like the muck of, and I felt this way even during, I mean, prior and during the pandemic where we're all at home and we're like, what is my purpose? Like, what am I doing anymore? And I think to have an anchor, even just like a North star knowing that like you're taking very small steps and it's still step forward, even if it's a small step. And that book is a reminder of it. Mm -hmm. The last thing I want to say about manifestation, because I, we, I talk about this so frequently on this show and it's so, it's so helpful for people to see it happen, right. To see it actually play out is that when we can identify our patterns, we can identify the things that we actually do that cause, or, you know, that allow these manifestations to come in. Like for you, being visual, creating this, this manual for me, it's writing down every little detail in my journal, like what, like what I'm wearing and like the feeling that all these things, like once you pick up on your patterns, it's just repeat, 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 repeat. And things just start flowing in. And sometimes I'm like, I'm hearing about this investor that literally came to you, right? How can we even imagine these things? It's amazing. I also think too, it's like figuring out what is the, like, your like release activity. So it's like, what, what do you need to do to like get in that headspace? And for me, I found, I found that I can like manifest the most vividly when I'm getting a massage and it's getting a massage by like these one or two masseuse. And they like, I just, I can transcend and see my future self. Other times it's been like after a workout, I'm just like sitting in Shavasana and I get like a quick, like, Oh, okay. That's the decision I need to make. Or like, Oh, yep. I can see this thing, like that is where I've probably made bigger life decisions. And I know when I'm in like the state of like Zen, whether it's like mm-hmm. after a hard workout or like, so you have to figure out like, what is your release? Sometimes it's just like people sitting on their balcony, having a cup of coffee in the morning, and then they can kind of see it or it's driving in their car. But I, that was like the biggest awakening is when I realized where I got to go to, to see that thing or to confirm what that thing is. And then I, I get clarity that way. So it's just figuring out like, where can you like release? So then you have the clear vision of what it is you're trying to manifest. Being in a state of high self-worth, it's that like self-care piece. Yeah. 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 And it's just figuring that out. Where, where do you need to be released so that you can see it a little bit clearer? Cause our judge, I mean, our judgment's clouded by work, social media, the world, like we can't see clearly if we're, you know, our judgment is clouded, which mm-hmm. happens a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. Like. So true. So true. So 
I want to talk a little bit about the jewelry because I love it. And I love that you use gemstones. I love that there's like the healing quality. And I guess I've been into this stuff for some time, but I feel like you were even like slightly ahead of it. I mean, everyone now is obsessed with like crystals and wearables and all the things. And like in 2017, honestly, I don't know that that many people were as much as now. So can you talk a little bit about that? Like your choice in gemstones and like, how do you source these things? Like just a little about your, your process with that. That is such a question. It's like, it's like a, it's an interesting, I mean, like again, like I worked with my older sister and she was also a jewelry fanatic. And we just, we talked about stones and, um, and just like the properties of them and how, like, historically when I've seen jewelry with gemstones, it had a look that I just didn't necessarily like, or it'd be like on a leather, you know, a leather strap, or there would be like a weird, um, bezel it'd be sitting on. And then, truly like one of my muses for men was Kendra Scott. I listened to how, mm-hmm. how I built this, her story. I mean, she's the one that like really piloted the concept of thoughtful, but like elegant jewelry that had gemstones in it. Mm-hmm. So she is one of my muses and she's, she's amazing. Um, so it, it was the idea of taking, okay, how do we take this like really raw, rugged thing and make it pretty and, um, and then I just started doing research. I got the crystal Bible from Judy Hall. She's like the OG crystal expert. I have a bunch of her books behind me and I really started with color. I was like, what color works first? So a little bit of color, color theory. And then I was like, okay, then which stones work together and which ones do I want? So I really just started doing my own research and then just started playing with really simple design. And then, um, I would go to the Tucson gem show every year. I haven't been in the past couple of years because of the pandemic, but I would fly to Tucson every February, which is amazing because it's so cold in Minneapolis. Um, And I would just scour and build relationships with these different um, gemstone manufacturers. And surprisingly, it is mostly like a a men's game. You would find that a lot of the manufacturers are men. And to me, it's not that it, it makes sense, but when you are sourcing materials internationally, they may not be safe areas for women or they're just, that's how they're framed or there it's a family business that was passed on to their son. So like, that was kind of what I've gotten a lot of, but I've met, uh, my, I have three vendors I work with two are brothers out of New York who, um, are awesome. And then a gentleman who is based out of California and every year I would go, I would say, Hey, this is what I'm looking for. Um, I learned the power of negotiation, which my husband has taught me because he's in sales, which I think as women, we're always, they don't expect us to do that. Um, right. But I would come to the gem show with a color palette, with crystals I'd be looking for. And then I would just start building relationships with my vendors and trying to get either like exclusive pieces from them or most of the time, again, prior to COVID, a lot of stuff you could only get in person and not online. And that's changed a little bit. But um, that's been kind of the process was like going to the gem show, looking at different color palettes, playing around with color. Um and then just trying to find a variety of different meanings. I tried to think, well, what milestones are people going through? What, what type of energy do they want to surround themselves with? And then I would kind of work backwards and then find the materials and then just kind of play around with design and see what worked and what didn't. So it's not probably as thoughtful <laughs> as you thought from a, like, how did I get into it? It was just like interest turned into research and then research just 
helped evolve and, and grow my business. But gem, there's so much information about gemstones now and the wellness industry is exploding mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. going to continue to grow. And I'm happy that there's more businesses in the wellness. I mean, look at Goop. Yeah. Goop is a huge company that's built off wellness. And I just, yeah, it just, you want to hope that the intention is to make people feel better. And that's not, in a, I don't mean like in a medical sense, but just like teaching people like the power of energy and like, what do you surround yourself with? And um, just being intentional about purchasing and what does that mean? Um, but yeah, that's mm-hmm. kind of how I've, I've sourced materials, design and in a cycle. And it's changed a little bit because of COVID and not being able to go to Tucson as much. Mm-hmm. I'm just popping in here for a moment, friends, to let you know that my books are officially open for birth chart reading. So if you are new to astrology, you want to learn a little bit more about yourself, who you are, your essence, you know, who you are supposed to be here without conditioning, without any life's challenges thrown your way, and really return to that version your birth chart is one of the great places to look. So 30 minute sessions are just $35 and I'd really love to get the chance to connect with you, talk a little bit more about your astrological makeup. You can learn more about birth chart readings in the show notes. And if you wanna get a little bit deeper, learn about customized self-care, book a cosmic self-care session. These are longer sessions. We get more involved and we look at specific placements within your birth chart to design a self-care plan for you. So in this session, we'll get really specific into your routine, your rituals, and I'll send you with a plan totally customizable to your life that you can implement right away. And again, this is built based on your astrological birth chart. So you know that it's meant for you. More information on both of these services in the show notes. I'd love to get the chance to meet many of you and just geek out on some astrology. So you can learn more in the show notes or by visiting ashleysondergaard.com. I always thought it would be like so cool to go to that. I know another guest who's been go. on this show. It's so fun. I know. It's um, Jody McKee who owns Jewelweed. It has, she always posts about that. And she was on the show like a couple, year and a half ago or so. And the stuff that she like will post on her Instagram when she's there, like the crystals that she's I'm like, amazing. amazing. And also like the detail, I feel like that you put into, into your pieces. It's such a, I mean, it's jewelry. It is jewelry. Whereas a lot of like, say, I don't have any like crystals next to me, but like, I'll get just like a huge citrine, right? That's a, there's functionality to it, but I'm not going to like put that in my bag. Like, what am I going to do with that? Right? Like, love it. And you get to wear these pieces and be reminded, like you said, feel good all the time. My, my one question about gemstones and the energetics of it all. Do you recommend like doing any sort of cleansing or like any maintenance of your, of your pieces? That's a good question. So anytime I will bring stuff home from, uh, the Tucson gem show, like I have like sage and like a little ritual from a book, someone gifted me on like cleansing it. But I just always tell people like, just charge your stones in a full moon. Like that's my biggest thing. And I also think like, you know, if you need to cleanse your space and if you're cleansing your space, like cleanse the area with your jewelry, if you just have had like either a bad experience or just, I don't know what it is. Like anytime you feel like you need to cleanse your space, like I would just cleanse your gemstones. And when I mean cleanse, it's either like, I've got like Palo Santo wood that uh, actually excelsior candle cells. I have a oh, couple yeah. of those. 
she sells those. And then there's just like a little like mantra. There's no right way to cleanse it. At least in my opinion, it's like, it's just signifying in some way. And it's usually through some sort of like burning or cleansing the air. And I would just do the area Mm -hmm. um, of your jewelry. So I say full moon, I always charge my crystals always. And I would say, leave your pieces out too. If there's a specific one you want a little more oomph to, and then um, if you're cleansing your space, I mean, include your jewelry, but don't let your, your jewelry on fire. That's not what I mean. Don't do that. Like, <laughs> yeah, do not yeah, bring your house down. Um, again, to me, it's the symbolism of the energy shift you're trying to make. And that's like the biggest point I have with people about my jewelry. It's like, you know, if you have rose quartz, like it's not going to fix your relationship. Don't right. Put it anywhere you should not go. And you probably know what I'm referencing. Like it's illegal to promise that these things are going to deliver a a physical change. Like I am all for, and like, I'm a very pragmatic person and also very woo-woo. Like it's about the energy. Like, what do you want to surround yourself with? And I think about like the stones I have around me all the time, which is like pyrite. Like that's a manifestation stone. It's a financial Stone, like it's all about just the energy you want to be around mm-hmm. and not like throwing on a crystal and being like, well, my life is fixed. Like, that's not what I'm selling. And I would hope that's not why people are coming to buy it. And it's just like how you communicate how you're thinking about somebody too. Mm-hmm. As a gift. That's, that's like exactly it. I love that. The realistic approach and too. And I think like the personalization around honoring these, these earth treasures, right? Like cleansing them, charging them under a full moon, but not an eclipse people. This will air like right after the eclipse, you're in the clear after that, charge them in the full moon. The other thing I like to do, and you had mentioned you're Italian, you're Sicilian. I'm Italian as well. And I love to use burnables that are of my culture of that Italian lineage. And so I'll burn like lavender or, um, rosemary, a lot of rosemary, um, just because again, that's like stuff that I'd likely cook with. And so, or even like basil sometimes, but like just those burnables of like honoring our own culture too. There's just so many things that like so many personalizations to these processes of, of, like you said, it's about a feeling. It's not gonna. Ch- it's not gonna change me. Cleansing my crystals is not gonna change my life, but it does feel really good, right. <laughs> you know. Right, or just like the. It's like that's, but it's also like tied to manifestation. It's like, what do you want? What do you want to be surrounded by? Like, and this is yeah. a physical thing that you can remind yourself of, or like people. It's like I've had people buy pieces because they like the color pink and they want to have something matching. With totally. Their Totally. And then it's like timeless too. So I think it's, I think it's all what people make. And anytime someone asks me like, well, what crystal should I get? I'm always just like, what do you need? Like first, what do you need? And then it's like, what are you going to wear? Like figure out what type of energy you want. And also like, just buy what you're going to wear. And ultimately like that energy will find you. I also think like people don't trust your intuition enough. And Mm -hmm. I think we should in all purchasing any decision-making, like always just think about your intuition. Mm -hmm. And that's not me punting it. It's truly like, what do you need? I'm not going to tell you what to buy because I'm going to tell you what I want. (laughs) Right. I'm only going to give you what I want. And I like a handful of pieces that I'm only wearing. Yeah. When I take Lily crystal shopping, we do this a lot. We'll like, (laughs) just like, well, I'm like, all right, Lily, fill out the energy. And she's usually drawn to like, one that's shaped as a butterfly, but you know, it's funny. Cause she, this is like one of our favorite pastimes together. She'll pick out a crystal and we've done things for like finding her voice at school. She said she was going into kindergarten. So it was like, okay. Can't remember. I think it was lapis lazuli, but like, 
let's find your voice and be able to share. Yeah, I know. And she, she knew like she was drawn to that. Like speaking to intuition and, and actually like, this is such good timing and a good segue to talking about being conscious in our consumption. And, and right now it's holiday season. We're buying meaningful gifts for people. And I will be honest. I often just opt to the easiest thing, right? The easiest thing, buy something on Amazon and boom, but there's like, we're, we're better than that now. And COVID has shown us that like, like you said, before we were recording, we can reach so many more real people outside of flipping Amazon. We can buy from all of these people. And it's (laughs) like that energetic is just, it's profound. And it really, there's a ripple effect to it. Have you like, how have you seen that retail culture shift? I mean, I, I imagine for the better in like the, the, the support of small businesses and women-owned businesses. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, the pandemic has changed retail. And I actually think for the better, I think talk about an industry that is like needed to innovate. And um, I think it's been hard. I think it's been a weird balance of like, it's been really hard, I think, for retailers. I mean, big players are always going to stick around. Like, mm-hmm. I have no beef with Amazon. I love Target. I Target love, tar- love Target. We'll never throw them under the bus. <laughs> yeah, love Target, and I understand from a convenience standpoint um, why people. And I've done it. I've I've totally bought a bunch of stuff from from Target, but I think the pandemic has shown. It's just I think people are just reconciling where they put their time, where they put their money. I think what's happened in Minneapolis, I think in the past year with the death of George Floyd has really just shined like a much needed bright light for some of us who just, you know, had the privilege to not really worry about certain things to truly reconcile where are we putting our dollars. And Mm -hmm. I just know the excitement I first felt when I sold my first piece of jewelry and I, and I know the excitement of, you know, selling out a bunch of stuff at an event. And I just, I know how, um, like cathartic and exciting that feeling is that I want to be able to give that to other people and um, running a business is really hard. And um, I think sometimes it, it's, it looks really rosy because Instagram, I blame Instagram for a lot of things. That's how I know I'm getting old, but <laughs> I just know how hard it is to run a business. And I have friends just in my network who run businesses and have families and, I just know how hard they're working and I know how, and they're just putting so much more into every detail of making it the best experience for people that I think people want that. And and there's always going to be the big players that are going to give you what's convenient and what's cheapest. But I think the, the really like loyal customers that thankfully I've had and my friends have had, like they're invested in you and they know that, um, running a business is not easy. And the people that don't want to buy from you, they don't need to buy from you because there's other people that can fill that need. And we always give back to our community. Like I, anytime something like exciting happens with my business, I text my group thread of like my business owner friends and they are all just cheering each other on. And we've all been through a really hard time together and it's business owners can just survive there's just such a grit that I don't think people see because we want, you know, we want to look professional and have all these things, but like, it's been a really hard couple of years and I'm so grateful that I have a business and that I've been able to serve my customers and um, be able to have it. And I just think like 
we don't realize how how big a purchase can be for a small business owner because we just there's so much thought put into it. It's not just like throwing something in a box and getting it to you same day. Like there's truly like a livelihood and there's a human behind it who has not that there isn't a human behind Amazon, but that's questionable. I think he's a robot. He's an AI tool faking as a human. But I know it just sounds like I'm on a soapbox, but I have just busted my ass the past five years making a jewelry business. And I have done everything in my power to, you know, donate my time and help my friends and ask for help because it's, it's really amazing what happens when you, when you put women in the driver's seat of businesses, we always give back to our community always. And there's always a bigger purpose behind our brands. We're not just trying to make money. I mean, money is important and we should, women should be making more money in general, but I have yet to meet a business owner, a small business owner who is, who's in it just for the money. There's so much more we can, we can offer. It's not just a transaction. So I really think people have shifted their priorities and understand the importance of it, but there's always more work to do. And and you're, you're voting with your dollars. You're deciding who gets a share in the economy. And I think there's more to be said for small businesses. Mm-hmm. Wow. And with that, I will be running for, uh, <laughs> for Congress in 2027. No, no, it's, Jordan, this is good. It, I, this is real. These things that like you, like you pointed it out so eloquently, like we, we didn't, we had the privilege to not think about some of this stuff. A while ago, not even that long ago, right? And now it's just like all of it. It's all like I think about food choices. Like, where am I purchasing my food? Where am I? Like, who am I paying to help build my business? Like, there's just so much more like moments of pause that make us feel more connected. And I, you said it too about women, like the feminine of receiving. Yes, we are. We are going out and we're using our masculine energy to create businesses, you and me both. And yet there's this ability to also like receive and give back, right? It's all, it's all, there's always a give back arm in some capacity, whether you know it or not, every single businesswoman that I've talked to, or they're coming from a place where they've had an experience that has changed their life and they want their business to help other, you know, women who haven't had the space to do it. And I think like, I've just seen such a wave of that in my short time being a business owner. And I think we can't underestimate that. I think women have just only ever been underestimated. So I'm, I'm happy to be surrounded by really badass women that just really don't take shit from people, but they're, mm-hmm. they, they care. It's this very interesting balance, which I appreciate. Yeah. We're changing the world. Yes, we are. I love it. <laughs> Amen to that. Oh, okay. Before we part ways, even though I feel like you and I could talk about this for hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> what do you do to take care of yourself? You're busy. You're, you're running a whole business and you need time for yourself. What do you do? So this has taken a while. I think the pandemic has like shaken our view of redefining self-care I think it depends. I always start with like, well, what do I need? Cause there's different levels of self-care. It's like, am I like physically exhausted? So like, if I physically feel like I'm drained, it's like, okay, I am after work. Like I'm no screens, read a book, take a bath, like the traditional of like self-care, which is like physically like disassociating, but then like shutting down and doing something that, um, I enjoy and I can like relax. 
So there's that, there is like the creative self-care where it's like, I want to feel inspired. I want to, and that's like reading a book, listening to a podcast and it's carving podcasts or carving, carving out time to do that. Um, or traveling, traveling's a big one. That's like a form mm-hmm. of self-care for me where I'm like traveling for leisure. Um, if I can, um, so I have my physical self-care mental is again, it's just like being able to like turn off my brain and all of these things, like, I don't like schedule it in my calendar, but like I set an expectation where it's like, okay, today, Tuesday, I don't have anything after work. Like I'm dedicating 30 minutes to just like, I'm unavailable. Like I need to like truly empty out my brain and just focus on myself. So I think it's just like my self-care routine is just making time for myself, depending on what I need. And it's sometimes 30 minutes. Sometimes it's a Sunday afternoon. It's I try and do what's realistic, um, for my schedule, but I also know that if I'm running on empty, like the car isn't going to move, I, I'm not going to push mm-hmm. a car up a hill. Like I need to fill my tank. And, um, I think too, with just working from home and just the expectations of the workplace of just working longer. Like, I think the physical rest has been really valuable to me mm-hmm. where I just physically rest my body because we just don't want to get sick. And I feel like our health is now more than ever a priority for us. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it just depends. Self-care shows up differently. And I think it's just being in tune with, um, what I need. And sometimes it's just like a glass of alcohol too. (laughs) It's a whiskey. whiskey. It makes me think of uh, bridesmaids, which is like, I'd like a glass of alcohol, please. (laughs) That is truly like, sometimes I get to the end of the week and I'm like, I'd like some alcohol. Anything will do, but no, it's like, or it's food. Like food is so interesting too, or it's like, what, it's just like figuring out what you need. And that takes like years of training of like knowing what it feels like to be burnout, not taking care of yourself, getting sick all the time. Like I've just kind of come into my own in the past year of like figuring out what the self-care is that I need. So it takes time. It's not just a bubble bath, but sometimes it is just a bubble bath. It's Mm -hmm. like, and, um, it's truly just take time for yourself. Like that is literally what self-care is. It's like taking time to focus on whatever it is you need. Sometimes self-care is organizing my closet. Yeah. That sounds good. This is, I'm like visualizing your chart. Cause I, I know your chart in my head and it's like, this is, you're just so good at describing what you would need. So with all of that fire, your Aries sun, you know, your, your Leo moon is like, go and do the things. Right. But your ascendant is cancer, which is ruled by the moon. So like, if you're tapping into that intuition, you're leaning into the feminine, you're like, knowing you're trusting the end of the day, you're trusting that receiving energy. It's like, it's the dance of both, which you're totally describing. This is so cool. And there's something really like nurturing about a cancer that I never really thought of myself as like a nurturing person, but I've, I've started to like step into that. Like, no, I actually do really care. Like you can be fiery and direct, Mm. and but you still can have this um, kindness to you. That's very empathetic. And I've never really thought of myself in that light. So I'm happy we did that. Uh, I did that chart reading because I I wouldn't have known otherwise. Leo is like arguably the most generous of all. People don't know that. Yeah. Wow. See, look at you. <laughs> but yeah, this it's just been a wild ride. I would just say like, we got to be adaptable. We got to be flexible. If we're not flexible, we'll break. Like we got to just remember there are humans behind these small businesses. And there's just so much, there's so much detail we put in it. You just even said it with my jewelry and that validates just how much work I've put behind my brand. And 
um, I truly care about small businesses and I want them to grow and I want more women-owned businesses and I want them to make as much money um, as humanly possible. So I'll put mm. that into the universe. Putting it out. Oh, Jordan, this is so good. And I'm just, I'm excited to share Mend with our community. This community's grown a lot. So it is not just in the Twin Cities. It's all over. Yay. And I would love for them to check out your beautiful pieces and learn more about men. So can you tell them where to find you? Yes. So online, you can, I have all my product on mendjewelry.com. Instagram is at mendjewelry. And then if you want to shop women-owned businesses, I started another company with two other businesses called Founders Co. And we have an in-person store in Minneapolis, but also an e-commerce website. And we carry, I think, over 20 different women-owned brands from clothing to self-care items, jewelry, food, like you name it. Um, we carry them. So that's a good place too, for people that want to support women-owned businesses that are in faraway places. I highly recommend them. And then the last thing I will plug is that I am an independent consultant. That's where I make my salary money is I work with businesses to help that are in growth phase or going through a big transition, just through different marketing channels. Um, and I also mentor women in, in business too. And it's something I care a lot about because I'm trying to make it easier for them than it was for me I'm trying to be the person I didn't have. So, um, there's so many things, but I would say follow Mend on Instagram. Founders Co is founders.co on Instagram as well. Um, and yeah, it's just been so fun. Ashley, your joy. Thank you mm -hmm. for spreading all this goodness. Um, and I hope that, yeah, there's more women owned businesses to come. I'm here for it. Same. Thank you. Thank you, Jordan. I appreciate it. Of course. Thank you and happy holidays. Thanks so much for being here, everyone. Thanks to Jordan for being on this show, for creating such beauty. You can learn more about Jordan and men jewelry in the show notes. A great gift idea. Highly recommend. And again, if you enjoyed this episode, consider leaving a rating and review. It makes a huge difference. You can follow us at Yoga Magic Podcast. And you can find me at AshleySondergaard.yoga. See you next week.